Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR, 855 on the AM band, and uh, time is just after 7.30, and of course, it's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy, and uh, a very good morning to all of you on this very windy, blustery, rain, hail, you name it. I think there might even be snow flurries somewhere around today, but uh, never mind, us gardeners have to cope. Anyway, tune in to us, stay warm and have a listen uh, until 9.15 while the show goes to air. Uh, first up, we have to say a very good morning to Virginia. Hey, good morning, Virginia. Good morning, Pam. Very blustery and wild out there. It's and exciting. you've just been away, so were you in warmer <laughs> climes? 30 degrees every oh, day. <laughs> so you're feeling it. <laughs> I love winter, though. I really like it. It's just the trick of making sure you've got one room in the house that's really warm and good socks. It's all in the good socks. And dry firewood. And dry firewood, <laughs> yes. And a beanie. <laughs> ah, there you go. It's a good time for opening up gardening books and planning what you're going to plant this coming springtime, though. I spent four hours in the garden yesterday, really successful. Oh, well done. Put down a new path. It was great. Okay. And then the weather turned. Yes. <laughs> I was inside. Fair enough. We also have to say a very good morning to Craig Wilson from Genty Under Nursery. Morning, Craig. Good morning, Pam. As I said to you earlier, it's wild horses and 3CR this morning. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> it's, is. It's really very tempting to turn the heater up and stay in bed. <laughs> I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope, we I hope our listeners appreciate us. Yes. <laughs> they um, did say on the radio this morning that it's going to snow in the Dandenongs. That's you, Craig. Yes, I haven't seen snow there for what, nearly 
15 years mm. now. Mm. Oh, well. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it did, it would virtually melt when it hit the ground, wouldn't That's it? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Although we had quite a lot of hail yesterday, so the, the ground could be quite cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll see. You might be in for a surprise yeah. when you get back. But I love my winter garden. Yep. Just beautiful. There's a real delicacy about the winter garden that you don't get with any other season. What I really love is seeing the, the tree structures. Yeah, the, the deciduous bones of your trees. garden. Yes. That's right, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As, oh. a, as a bonsai person, I mean, that's you condemn yourself to a lifetime at looking at tree structures. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah, and of course winter is the time for the deciduous trees. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got so many things in your garden growing underneath your deciduous trees. That's right. That's why I like deciduous yeah. trees, because yeah. you can cultivate underneath them. It's yeah. just, it's Craig's garden's so beautiful at the moment. It's just wonderful. I must get up there again sometime mm. soon. I haven't been there for ages and ages, and it's, it's high time I got up there. In fact, it's time that a lot of our listeners got up there and paid you a visit. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you better give out your address, seeing as we're saying that. It's 138 Alinda Mombok Road in Alinda. And Fantastic. it's Gentiana Nursery. Yep. And the gardens around the nursery are fantastic right now because they're full of galanthus and cyclamen. Oh, and wonderful. Yeah, and the daffs are all coming up. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Lovely time to go and visit. I felt really sorry for the commercial daffodil growers with this weather that we've been having, just wiping out their crop. Oh, mm. gosh, yes. Yeah. I wonder if Hancocks will be having a display this year. Depends on what state, the stage they're at at development, mm. but if they're in flower now, they'd be flattened. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad mine aren't quite out in flower yet. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> All my little ones are out. Are they? My really small ones, but they'll probably survive this. I've put, put a lot of the the little, you know, jet Miniatures. fire. Yeah, yeah, things like jet fire in right through the garden beds. Okay. I've found planting them in the grass just doesn't work, mm. so I don't try that anymore. I think the grass is too aggressive, too strong, most of those summer grasses that we grow. And um, so I've put them right through my bed. So it's just wonderful. You know, I've just got splashes of yellow everywhere. Mm. And it's mainly the little ones. Most of the big ones aren't up yet. Okay. I mean, they're up, but they're not out. They're, they're not yeah. out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Daffodils in the grass used to work wonderfully in Tasmania. Yeah. They naturalised everywhere and it looked absolutely gorgeous. So I don't know why it doesn't work for you here well i think things like paspalum are just uh, such harsh competition yeah um you know the winter grasses as we call them that you, the english grasses that you grow are just more gentle than some of those um summer grasses that we grow so yeah. they just haven't resurfaced or they do, but they don't. They don't put on proper bulb, uh, proper flowers, you yeah. know, and they and they certainly don't multiply. Yeah. And so I've just stopped trying. I mean, I early on I planted about fifty in my front, the front patch of grass I've got. Yes. And they still come up, but they're sort of pathetic. And the only ones that do really well are some of the jonquils, the white jonquils. Oh yes. Um, I, but they're as tough as. Yeah. Tough, mm. yeah. I think it's just, I think it's too tough. And the ones in the garden beds are just fantastic and they come up with great regularity every year. So I've stopped trying. Yep, fair enough. And I don't know if also, no, it shouldn't make any difference that I'm on top of the hill, I don't think. No, it shouldn't make no, any difference at all. No, maybe I think they're it's just getting, getting fed more in the garden beds. Well, I think they're just not competing in the same way because they have not grasses strangling them. Yes, true. Because those, I mean, particularly paspalum, it's a vicious grass. Mm. 
oh, I'd be very happy if I didn't have it. But Yeah, I'm a great believer of getting them in really deep with mm. epidural bulbs. I think it makes a big difference to their performance. Okay. Yeah, that's F- 15, 20 centimetres. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's worth knowing. It, 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 you... Um, the soil level, the soil temperature is much more consistent mm. if yes. you get them down yes. deep. Yes. You don't get that summer baking. Right. Yeah. So would you apply that to other bulbs yep. too, Craig? pretty much all of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a good hint for everyone. Yeah, particularly in Australia, you know, where we have such hard summers. Mm. If you get them down, they'll stay cooler. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. And that's what I've been doing with my garden is just I've planted a lot of South African bulbs. Because I just don't care about my garden in February. It looks yeah, awful. Yeah, I realise that. <laughs> it just looks awful, you know. I, I, I'd never open it. I mean, open gardens, Australia always used to open all summer and close all winter. My garden's beautiful at the moment, absolutely beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And I've just planted a lot of things in my garden that are summer dormant, so I don't have to worry about them. They can't burn yes. because they're underground. Yep. And I mean, like the Veltimias are all just popping up now, and they're, mm-hmm. looking, they're about to look beautiful. Um, they, I notice they're coming up in the botanic gardens as well. I love those those winter, those bulbs that come up now and mm. then disappear over the summer. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Oh, I better get on with some community announcements before we really get started into the program. So uh, there are a few things on, believe it or not. First up uh, today, if you've got no plans and you want something indoors. Um, there's a camellia and garden show on today. It's at the Mount Waverley Community Centre uh, in Miller Crescent there in Mount Waverley. Um, it runs from 10am this morning through to 4.30 this afternoon. It's a competitive camellia garden and floral art show, so it's featuring uh, uh, also a special children's section. There'll be hundreds of camellia blooms on display along with camellia plants for sale. Entry is $5. Children are free for that one. So if you're looking for something today, there's one for you. Now, coming up um, Wednesday the 29th of August, Friends of Burnley Gardens have got a plant sale. This is uh, running from 12 noon through till 3 p.m. You can choose from a selection of native and exotic deciduous and evergreen trees and shrubs, perennials, bulbs, succulents, indoor and food plants. The location is outside the Student Union building. Parking is on Yarra Boulevard. Uh, Melway's reference there is map 45 um, X872. Now, there's no car access to the campus. Um, You can go to their website for the plant list and uh, payment is by cash only for that one. So uh, just remember cash only for that one. So that's... uh, Friends of Burnley Gardens plant sale on Wednesday, 29th of August, 12 through till 3. I have to say with that one, Pam, they do have some unusual things. I think it's rather... I've, okay. I've bought some lovely things from the Friends of Burnley. They do have things that you don't find elsewhere that easily. Well, I presume they probably propagate a lot from the gardens. Yeah, they, well, they do their, their own propagation, yes. yes and they yeah. have got some unusual... Mm. So it's worth it's really worth having a look. And of course all the proceeds go back into the garden, gardens, so it's mm. it's well worthwhile supporting. Uh now uh it's coming up on uh September the 1st, uh Saturday, uh an, an Australian native plant sale. Uh this is being held at Wilson Botanic Park in Berwick. The address is 668 Princes Highway in Berwick. Um 
Now, uh, it's running from 9am through to 3pm. There'll be a huge range of native and indigenous plants. Um, most storeholders are cash only, just um, a note on that one. Um, so obviously a plant sale. It's being hosted by the Australian Plant Society, Wilson Park in Berwick, and there will also be um, food trucks there as well for that one. So that's Saturday, 1st of September, down at Wilson Botanic Park in Berwick, running from 9am through to 3pm. Now, uh, we have um, another message about uh, a big native plant sale coming up, and I'll just play that for you right now. The Australian Plants Expo is a huge native plant fair coming up on September 8th and 9th in Eltham. There'll be books, art, giftware and talks by Philip Johnson, A.B. Bishop and Loretta Childs. There'll also be demonstrations and workshops on botanical art, propagation and native bonsai, as well as activities for children, refreshments and door prizes. Saturday and Sunday, September 8th and 9th, 10am to 4pm at the Eltham Community and Reception Centre, 801 Main Road, Eltham. Contact at apsyarrayarra at gmail.com or call 0430 for more details. Australian Plant Society Yarra Yarra is a 3CR supporter. And uh, I went along to that plant sale last year. Uh, it is huge. There is, I've never seen so many... Uh, so many plant uh, stall holders and the, the range of uh, Australian native plants there in flower was just stunning. And, of course, uh, you can go along and have a listen to our own AB or Loretta Childs or also Philip Johnson. So that is a really excellent uh, show if you'd like to be going along to that one. Okay, uh, just uh, uh, a couple more. Um, a reminder that uh, Fernie Creek will be having their, um, their big uh, show coming up, 8th and 9th of September. And they're going to be combining their show with Camellia's Victoria this year, um, who will be staging the national championships at the show. So it's going to be a very big show. Um, I'm going to get more details sent through to me about starting times. So I'll bring those to you when I... Um, when I hear back, but uh, definitely one for the diary. They always put on a very great show up there at Fernie Creek Horticultural Society. So um, I will uh, give you more details as those come to hand, but that's definitely a reminder for the diary for that one. And finally, uh, another reminder, and I did mean to look up how bookings were going for this, uh, Secret Gardens of the Dandenong Rangers. Now, your garden's open this year for it, Virginia? It's, my garden's open in the second tour, and in the first tour I'm going to be one of the guides. Okay. So I'm going to be quite involved this this year. You are? Yeah, so I'm quite looking forward to it. That's why I was in the garden yesterday. <laughs> right. Can't, can't <laughs> sit around and do nothing when no, you've got no. an open garden coming up. <laughs> Absolutely. All Keep those corners that you ignore normally have to be dealt with. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but once they're dealt with, then it'll be right for a little while, yeah. hopefully. So. Yes. Well, and that's the other thing about a garden getting older. It's just not as difficult. Yes, but I have pulled out a lot this winter. Okay. And open garden's a great incentive to get some things done, which yes. you perhaps wouldn't ordinarily yeah. do. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Fix things up. Yeah. Yes, it's fixing up. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons I go in for an open garden, because it's the only thing that makes me disciplined. Puts a bomb <laughs> under you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put a new path down yesterday. Okay. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
Okay, so Secret Gardens of the Dandenong Ranges, um, we should describe to listeners what actually takes place. They're mini bus tours, um, a day-long tour, um, going to visiting lots of different private gardens around the Dandenong Ranges, and uh, they're running on two separate weekends, 17th to the 20th of October, then 24th to the 27th of October, and uh, each day has visits different gardens. Different gardens, yes. So you can you can easily go to more than one day yes. of it. So, uh, yes. Yes, it's and 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 you can go onto the website and pick which day you choose to do, because. Because they are different every day. And mm. very different styles. Very different. Oh, absolutely, mm. yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, so it, you, have to, you have to go to the website to firstly see the, um, the itinerary for each day, but secondly also you have to book online from the website. So uh, if you go to the website to check it out, um, and it's simply Secret Gardens of the Dandenong Ranges, all one word, .com.au so I do recommend and, it and you don't need to get all, all the way through one you, once you've got to about secret gar it comes it up it comes up <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> okay well, that's good to know and I'm really looking forward to being one of the guides I think that'll be really good fun well you and I went a few years ago yes, now I think was, it was that was the first year one. yes it was and that was so much fun we really it? enjoyed it didn't yes, we yes it yeah. was great fun yeah so uh so do, if you haven't booked, do uh, hop online onto their website. Have a look and see, uh, as I say, I don't know what bookings are like. Um, I know this usually does book out fairly quickly. So uh, jump on the website and, and check it out. And if you possibly can fit it in, it's definitely well worth doing. Okay, well, uh, it's high time we invited our listeners to join us this morning. If you'd like to ask a gardening question... There's one other one, and I'm not sure which weekend it is, but the Mount Macedon show is coming up as well. So yes, we it must, is, but it's a little bit further on. Is so, right. yes, I'll, I'll, I'm saving that for a bit later on. <laughs> <laughs> if we have time, I might mention it later. Okay, um, but yes, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you. We have uh, Virginia Hayward, uh, who's a guide at Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. We have Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. Uh, so do give us a call. That number is 94190155 to speak to the team on air. Or this morning we have uh, uh, Jan, uh, sorry, Liz on the outside line. If you'd like to have a chat to Liz, do give her a call on 94198377. Now, I'm really delighted to uh, to say good morning to Mary. Hello, Mary. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for braving the weather. That's right. I'll just get you to speak a little. Yes. That's better. Mm. Okay. Now, I've, I've asked you to come in because um, you've been a volunteer out at uh, Pepper Tree Place for, well, how many years now? Nine. Nine. Mm. Gosh, well going. And uh, you've been in charge of the nursery out oh, there? About the last five years. Okay. All right. And how, how long has Peppendry Place been running altogether? Were you there right from the beginning? No. Or? Okay. No, but uh, some of my <coughs> excuse me, some of my volunteers have, and that's, they came over. Elma Lever was a garden by Moreland Station. That closed down, so they moved as a job lot across to us. Oh, right. And set that up. We were all... Uh, tennis courts and things. Okay. And now it's all very lovely gardens and trees and um, and so we've got over 50 volunteers. I have 17 in the in the nursery, 
and um, most of them have been there since 19... Oh, well, I, I can't say 19. I am twin, um, 15 years. Gosh, mm. that's amazing. Now, as trading, well as, trading yes, 15 years, yes. setting up prior to that. Yes, yes. Mm. Now, as well as the nursery um, and, the, and, of course, the beautiful gardens, you've got a cafe out yes. there on site. Yes. Um, you're growing um, edible vegetables. Yes. Um, you've been running workshops yes. um, whenever you, you have an open day. Yeah. We had first Saturday in every month we have, it used to be the food swap. That's right. But now it's called Open Gate. Okay. And we have people come and bring whatever they want to bring and take whatever they'd like to take. And we have a, usually a workshops on those days and music and cakes to die for. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, who are the people that come along to, to Pepper Tree Place? Who uses the garden, for instance? Well, more and more now we're getting a lot of people over from the prison. Okay. Uh, um, Pentridge, <laughs> <laughs> which is no longer a prison. No, yes, and uh, because there's a lot of flats and things there, so they're wanting a lot of plants in pots and how to grow things. And in the little plots that they do have, um, they are not sure. I'm not sure what the soil is like over there either. So they uh, get a lot of advice from us. We're also a hub for Moreland Council. Uh, for for composting. All right. So they all come over with their little buckets of stuff to put into our compost bins. Oh, great! So it's going very well in that sense. Okay. Um, and the, we also and the rest of them. Well, we have a quite a wide area. I mean, apart from Coburg, they come from environs, you know, Glenroy. Um, I don't. <laughs> um, oh. Brunswick, you know, all right, quite a wide area. Preston, yes, everywhere. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. And people go past the gate and say, I've walked past here for 20 years and I've never come in. <laughs> <laughs> so, And they've always wanted to. Yes. So we yes. have big signs saying come in. Great, mm. great. Now, I think I think uh, you also have a connection with some of the local schools. We do. And uh, right next door is Coburg School. And the, they come through every Wednesday. We have a class for them. Uh, we have a horticulturalist who takes them she's one of our volunteers and she teaches them gardening and um, recognition of plants and and insects and uh, we also have the kindy kids come through and they are lovely because they this high and they're all holding hands and they all say good morning <laughs> <laughs> and it's just lovely they oh, just love great. it yes yes mm. okay so <laughs> I was absolutely appalled when I heard that uniting are, are wanting to close you all down. So were we. So why? Have have uniting told you? No. Uh, <coughs> apparently, for every dollar that we earn, they spend nine. But um, one has to say, how long has that been going on? And why was it not stopped? We are supposed to have programs that produce money yes. uh, for a non-profit organisation and we have produced programs. We used to have work for the Dole. If anybody ever drives past our place, we have a $40,000 grant fence and it is stunning and it was all designed by the people who worked for the Dole. And um, so then that program stopped 
Were you also used to go out to um, outreach to people's houses and help gardening, cooking, things like that, social things? And that stopped. <coughs> things were withdrawn from us. And now we have um, the two main things are the, gar- are the um, nursery and the cafe to mm. keep us going. The farmer's market has just moved next door into the um, school. All right. So we have a gate through. And we, on the 2nd of June, that started on the 2nd of June, which was also the first Saturday. So on that day, we took a bucket of money. And Mm. it had never happened like that before. And people just kept coming. And so we opened every Saturday after that, the cafe. And it was a really good income stream. And then about... Four weeks ago, they said, we're not to open the cafe. So that sort of cut us off at the knees a bit. Um, There's a building over the road that's going to be eight stories high, and the chaps have come over from there and said, does your cafe work? Because we were going to have 300 men on the site shortly, and they all want breakfast and lunch. Right. And uh, that would be an income stream. Oh, it'd be wonderful. (laughs) We'd be able to buy the place at the end of the the month after that. Uh, So, no, um, and it's been, I mean, it's really been a shock to the volunteers, especially the ones who've been there the longest. Mm. Because, but that, what annoys me is that these are people, and uh, and they have that's their life is to come to this place. We have a lot of mums come in. We've got quite a nice play area and sand pits. They all just sit around. It's a social hub, really, is what it is, mm. and a little oasis yes. in the middle of Coburg. So we are quite devastated to think that we were given six weeks' notice. Mm. And the gates close at the end of this month. Goodness me. Mm. So have you have you managed to have any meetings with Uniting? Is there uh, any way forward to save uh, we've this? We've had cons- considerable meetings, but um, we're now going... There's two branches. There's the church which owns, the Uniting Church which owns the property, and that's Coburg Uniting Church, and there is... Uniting, which used to be Kildone and Uniting Care, which they have now amalgamated with 23 other organisations, they are who are closing us down. It's not the church It's not itself. the church, no. okay. So we are going to be talking to the church. I think the people you know, in our committee are going to be talking to the church next week to see what we can do. And we have a lot of irons and fires, and we had a big rally yesterday, which was very encouraging, and um, they are people are there. They, they, people in the area do not want the place closed. I'm sure. Mm. People, never, people never want any green space closed down. No, because absolutely. Just so there's becoming less and less green space. That's right. Is the land burning a hole in their pocket? The value of the land? Or no, what? no. It's uh, and the church, the church which owns the land, have said they had no intention. There was a lot of stuff in the paper said. They were going to sell, you know. No, they are not going to sell, or at least we haven't been told they're going to sell, and we believe that because uh, apart from anything else, the house on the property is heritage. The trees, pepper trees are heritage. Mm. There's the Fijian church on the property, Stone Church. Um, That's heritage, and the stables are all heritage. So it would be, I mean, they'd still be able to whack up a few buildings on there, but um, it's also a site that has been... Uh, deemed by the council, I think, to be community. So um, it would, I don't think a developer would touch it if they did 
think mm. of selling. If, if, if you're noting the saying that it's actually costing them money, I can't see why they just don't withdraw from the whole site if they don't own the land. Yes. And um, leave you to it. Well, that's what we're hoping. Mm. Yes. Yes. And we are going to um, – we will be trying to just – they leave and then we carry on. Mm. And there's, I mean, there's no animosity. It's just the way it's been handled, and we don't want them to think that it's them and us. But uh, we have sort of taken a bit of a whack, and we would like, we would like more time. If we had more time, we would be able to work out who can take us over or who we can amalgamate with, and get some. Thing going for ourselves mm. and mm. to keep the nursery operating and the cafe operating in the meantime. Yes, absolutely. Because that's funding yes. that we can use. Yes. Mm. So we uh, we actually have um, – <clears throat> I've been telling listeners that uh, 3CR Gardening Show actually has um, a Facebook page now. We have actually put the petition um, to save Pepper Tree Place up online. So if our listeners this morning – Jump onto the 3CR Gardening Show uh, Facebook page. Uh, just scroll down until you find uh, the little story about Pepper Tree Place and you'll find the petition there as well. All you have to do is, is click on it and sign that petition and let's try and get some, some really um, good lobbying going to try yes. and save it. We've got um, Sue Bolton on our side. She's actually one of the tenants in our building. Right. And she started, and there was um, a very big following. The council have also voted unanimously a couple of weeks ago to be in favour of retaining it as it is. So, um, and there's a few councillors who are very positively working towards for us. Well, it's a fantastic mm. asset for the whole Absolutely. community. That's right. And it's a green oasis. I mean, it's it's right um, slap bang on the corner of, of Sydney Road and Bell Street. So you can imagine with it's all really the perfumes, mm. yeah. very busy. It's, mm. it's almost a, an industrial site. Right. And yes. to have this green oasis for everyone right. is just such a, a necessary thing. Yes, yes. So... Well, Good luck. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> yeah. very kind of you to ask So us. are there any other um, public meetings coming oh. up that people can come along and support? Usually um, every Saturday we are meeting on site until okay. we are not allowed to meet there anymore. Um, now there will probably be another one next Saturday. We have a core committee working quite hard and um, there are people who are on the periphery who are working very hard mm. and... Um, Heading for, we're all heading in the same direction. So. Yes, yes. Mm. Do you have any social media presence? Or? Um, we have had – we have got um, Facebook. We're on Facebook, Save Pepper Tree Place. Okay, good. And um, there's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. There is some misinformation on there. Um, there's a lot of stuff went into papers and into the, the media, which wasn't quite true. But the problem is people are going to surmise. If you don't tell them what's happening or why it's happening, people are going to say, oh, the church is selling the property. Knew they would. Yes, exactly. You know, and that's yeah. not true. Well, there is also the fact that there's the... Church of England is selling graveyards yes. in Tasmania <laughs> at a great not including Goodness. Tom Ro the graveyard where Tom Roberts is buried. I mean some really really old traditional graveyards and they're selling them, which is I just think appalling. and who would buy them? Somebody who wants to build. 
oh. on top of all those grades. Oh. Appalling. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodness me. I know. And yeah. a lot of the churches are selling off a lot of properties. What so is it was sacred? natural. Mm. Well, yes, mm. exactly. Yes. But that would be the immediate assumption. I mean, if you told me that mm. they were closing down, oh, that absolutely. would be the immediate assumption, yes. that they're, they're, especially on a site like that, which That's would be right. so valuable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the site actually you, goes right out to the footpath too. Right. Although we are, there's a lawn out there and it all looks like it's council ground, it actually belongs to Peppertree. Yeah. Well, at least to uniting a bigger button. How many nasty flats they could build there? Oh, yeah. tell me. <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> We've got a 19-storey hotel going in Champ Street oh. on the site of the, of the um, prison. Goodness me. Yes. Oh. oh, look, Mary, all the best. <laughs> Thank That's you all very we, much. It's all we can do. And, and, yeah. and, and if any of our listeners um, can help in any way, do do jump on our Facebook page and do sign the petition and let's see if we can and we can all pull together yeah. to yeah, save it. Make a noise. It. Yeah. Absolutely mm. make a noise. Yeah. Rally your politicians. Yes, <laughs> yes. Contact all your council members, Absolutely. particularly mm. yes. out in the area. Yes. And, um, and demand that yes. uh, Pepper Tree Place is saved. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> All the best with it, Mary. Thank and, you very and, much. and please, um, please keep us in in touch with, with what's happening. Will do. Okay. Excellent. Thank and you. thank you for thank you. thank you for coming out on this quite <laughs> blustery wet morning. We do oh, appreciate no. your time. I'd never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye bye. So, uh, listeners, if you'd like to uh, jump on the phones this morning and give us a call. Um, uh, the number, 94190155 to speak to Virginia or Craig this morning. Or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, 94198377. Let's get started on some of these plants, which I must say we have put the photos up again on our Facebook page. So you will be able to hop on and have a look at exactly what we're talking about. But... Virginia, we're going to have to start with the most outrageous because it's just quite ridiculous. <laughs> this is a red camellia, everybody, and the flower is bigger than my hand. It is absolutely quite extraordinary. I have got, I counted how many camellias are in my garden the other day and I've got 21, not 21 different, just 21. And this is the most outrageous. It is the biggest, loudest, and I had to move my path because of it because it's got much bigger than I expected. I bought it from a little wholesaler in um, Mombolk and he didn't really know what it was but when you look at the leaf it is clearly a reticulata. I think it's Clifford Parks. Do you? Yeah. Good on you Craig. Yeah. That's only a guess. There's lots of reticulatas. Yes. Yeah. And the reticulatas, you, we have three sorts of camellias really commonly which is the japonicas the Sasanquas. The Sasanquas have got smaller leaves and tend to come out now and will take some sun. The Japonicas are the ones that tend to be in the shade and are very much in flower now. And then you've got the Reticulatas. And this, the Reticulatas are actually trees rather than shrubs. Yeah. And I wonder, so do you know anything about this one, if you know its name? Well, what no? is there to say? It's Camellia Reticulata Clifford Parks that I think Plenty of fertiliser, plenty of mulch, nice cool root run. Yes, and they and they are. There's some beautiful ones in the botanic gardens. The reticulatas. Reticulatas. Yeah. The thing with the reticulatas is they have such large flowers. They're by far the largest flowering of the camellias, and they're really beautiful. And not 
in the, the available commercially so much anymore. No, they're very hard to find, which yeah. is why I bought that one. I saw the leaf because the reason it's called reticulata is that you've got all this veining on the leaves. Mm. That's how you tell. And I saw the leaf on this, and he didn't really know what it was. And I thought, oh well, it's a reticulata. I want it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And it's 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 proved beautiful, and I've got it just near Tsai, which is a a species camellia, which has got a really dainty small white flower, and the the contrast is extraordinary. And I've got these two huge red ones that were in the garden before I came, and they are both oh above the house, so they're really they're big mm. old camellias. Mm. And they and one of them's red and white. Well, I've never planted a red and white one, but it. You, couldn't think of taking it out when it's so huge. Oh, gosh, no. So that side of my garden is just a mass of red, white, and, um, and of course, there's a couple of really beautiful purple things in there as well. There's so much in flower now. Mm. That's really, right. It, the winter garden's fantastic. Love it. Just yeah. love it. And if you went to the races, you wouldn't need a, a fascinator. <laughs> <laughs> no, just pin that pin in your hair and you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't get over the size of it. It's, mm. it's just amazing. And, you know, the, I mean, camellias are so interesting. The other ones I've got at my place, I've got a William C.I. And the William C.I.s, they, when they brought camellias into England, they only grew them in hothouses. You know, mm. they had those great big orangeries and they'd grow them in there. And then gradually they realised they could plant them outside, but they didn't tend to flower because it was too cold. And then down in Cornwall, the William C.I.s were bred, which was a cross between Saluensis and Japonica. And they are such a hardy camellia. One more, of the, more sort of bell-shaped flower, isn't it? Yes, really pretty yeah. and some really beautiful soft pinks. And I've got two William C.I.s planted together, which provide my, my kitchen with um, shade from the street. West-facing. Mm. They, and they've been there a long time. They went right through the drought. I mean, camellias are much tougher than people realise. Once they're established. Yes. You have to emphasise that. (laughs) Mm. Probably got four or five summers of watering to get them settled in. And then they don't need a thing. That's right. And and they're so much tougher than people give them credit for, aren't they? Mm. So they're really... I think they're such an interesting... And the Williamsiars are beautiful and... As I said, absolutely west-facing. What more could you ask of a camellia than well, it can exactly. survive in west-facing? Exactly. And they've all got such wonderful glossy green leaves. Yes. I mean, even when they're not in flower, they're, they're a good plant to have yeah. in the garden. And there's a couple in the botanic gardens. There's a whole sort of camellia area in the botanic gardens, and there's a couple there that are fairly recently discovered, I think, in the hills on the border of China and Vietnam. That's right, yeah. And they're yellow. Yeah, that's nitidissima. Nitidissima. I was going to talk yes. about that today. A oh well, bit. fire I, away, Craig. You know, it, it was I ventured onto a very new experience a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a shrub online. Right. And had it delivered through the post. Oh wow. Which I hadn't done before, and it was this hybrid from nitidissima that I was interested in because my camellia collection is kind of the reverse of uh, Virginia's, and that I go for a, the smaller flower, the better. And this guy, you can see the yellow from Nitidissimum in it. Mm. And it'll, as the flower ages, it'll come out stronger. Okay. And it's got a pink stripe through it. And it came from a, a nursery in southern Queensland, which also listed quite a lot of um, reticulatas. Oh. Yeah. And it came in beautiful condition. 
Well, there really you go. Happy. And the the other thing that they had, which um, which interested me, was another family of camellia called the Higo. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, which, Japanese. Yeah, Japanese ones which have big yellow stamens. And anything with big yellow stamens interests me. Mm. So having received this plant in such good order, mm. I'm going to be back onto the computer again. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you be able to grow a nitidisma? Yes, I don't see why not. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe they've had real trouble breeding from it because they, they, when it was discovered, they thought, oh, at last we have a yellow camellia because Brushfield's yellow, which is cream, not yeah. yellow, yeah. is the yeah. only yellow camellia that they've managed to breed. But they haven't managed to really breed the yellow camellia yeah. from the nitidissima. This is definitely a hybrid from mm. it. This is Kagane and Ashiki, so it's obviously bred in Japan. And there are two. There's a, another hybrid. I can't remember the name. With a fairly similar vein to this one. Because I think the thing with the nitidissima is it's got such an absolutely beautiful leaf. It's that colour that I love mm. too. Yes, really, really soft, rich, rich green. Yeah, yeah. And it's glossy. It's mm. quite different to to a lot of the other camellias. I'm doing a walk at half past ten. To, if anyone wants to come and look at camellias with me. In the bot gardens. In the bot gardens. Yeah. What today? Today. Oh. So do they have any high goes there? Or <laughs> yes, they've they got high goes. Yeah. They've got a really extensive collection of yeah. camellias in the in the botanic gardens. It's quite a noted collection. It's it's interesting how we've sort of been so centred on japonicas and um, sasanquas, whereas the, the the range of them is much more broad. Yes, that's true. That yeah. really is true. Yeah. And of course, a lot of the japonicas, as soon as they get rained on, they just go yellow and stay on the tree, which well, is my really advice not, to people yes. buying japonicas is always buy them in flower. If yes. you go to the nursery and they have a brown flower on the plant, don't reject it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, you only buy the ones that have fresh flowers sitting around underneath them. Mm. Because, because they just hang worse. on to those brown flowers for so long, some yeah, of them. Yes. That's right. So you have to go around and, and oh, deadhead. That's but there tedious. are plenty that don't do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They'll they drop their flowers fresh. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our first caller, and uh, we have um, Adam out in <coughs> Heathmont. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's hailing out here. Oh, is it? Great. <laughs> yes, it's all sitting on the ground. Um, I was just uh, wondering about... I've got a 20-square-metre sort of garden bed that's going to have some ornamental pears and some uh, bare-rooted fruit trees going to be put in soon. But I've only recently added a lot of uh, well-rotted cow manure and blood and bone and some autumn leaves and things. Am I, uh, am I able to plant straight into that? Or I mean, I know it's preferable to let it sit there for a little while and break down, but um, is it is it going to be too rich or something to plant into? Well, you said it was well rotted, so... Just go for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, the only thing I'd say is I'd think carefully about the ornamental pears. Um, yes. My feeling about them is that they break. If you subject, if you get a lot of wind... Okay. Once they, once they get to 15, 20 years old, then they start splitting... Mm. They, they grow much bigger than a lot of people think they do. Yeah, they they can be huge, can't big, they? Can be quite big trees. Yeah, they they're capital pairs because it's along a fence line, and I've, I've got some some uh, neighbours in, in the street and things that were just really open. I just wanted to block out. They're basically a screen. Yep. Um, and so if they if they split, they they're not going to blow over because I've got very, very heavy clay about uh, 40 centimetres down. And then oh, they blow over. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll split. 
you know, you'll, you'll, they come up as a multiple branch tree and one yeah. half of it will just split off. This is not in the short term, you know, but if you're looking at staying there for a while, it's something that could happen mm, unless okay. you manage them and, and keep them as a hedge. Okay, so you can you can hedge them? Or Absolutely. Just, yep, so you yep. just chop off the leader and... Yep. Okay, yep. Oh, well, that might be a go. Cause, yeah, I really need them to be five, well, anything from two metres. But once it gets to about six metres, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm happy. Yeah. But, yeah, I think okay. that the the, um, the fastidiate one, I'm not sure what it's, it's called, Josephine or something like that, is is more stable than some of the others. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, very good. Uh, also, just one other thing, the, um, the camellias you were talking about, I've got uh, uh, my building is south facing, so I was going to put some camellias in pots because I think they're pretty much the only thing that can take those sort of conditions, as in no sun at all in pretty much in. Uh, in, in winter and then maybe late afternoon sun uh, in summer. The so, camellias will take that, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I was thinking of deponicas really, but um, what do you have, do you know some varieties that don't uh, go brown? I think Craig's advice is the best. You actually should be buying them now when they're in flower and you can see what you're yep. getting. Well, I was going to go to that camellia show you were talking about earlier. That, oh, that'd be yeah. a good idea. Yes, that's a great idea. You'll get some really good advice there. Yes, yeah. that's the other thing. You'll get people who Because really... you'll have growers there and yeah. they'll, they'll give you yeah. some excellent advice. And they'll be able to tell you which ones are best for tub culture too. That's true. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll, I will yeah. be there. Yeah. And underneath those camellias, you could grow some plectranthus. Okay. Because yeah. I've got some plectranthus at the moment in my garden that are in flower. And, look, mm. and they've been in flower for oh, months, and they look fabulous, and they okay. are a dry shade plant. Okay, well, at the moment, they're, they're, the pots are sitting there, and they've just got lots of self-seeded uh, foxgloves in them. So. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, so they're all sitting there waiting for the camellias, but uh, there's foxgloves popping up everywhere. The thing with growing pot, shrubs in pots in the long term is, A, to root prune them, so after they've flowered, take them out, take a third of the root ball off and put some fresh potting mix in. Okay, and yep. do that annually, and B is to feed them. Yep. Cause yeah. Because they'll be hungry. What, yeah. what, what feed do they? Oh, look, it depends on what sort of gardener you are, but if you're not you know, out there every day, then I just use some um, some um, three-month Osmocote. Yeah, okay. Yep. But, you know, if, if, if you want to be more careful, you can use blood and bone or yeah. something more organic, just nothing with chicken manure in it. Okay, right, yep. Yep. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you. We're running through until 9.15, so do give us a call. We have Virginia Haywood and Craig Wilson in the studio this morning at number 94190155 to speak to the team on air, or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, 94198377. Let's go to the salvia, seeing as you're a salvia queen. <laughs> well, of course, this is the thing. At this time of year, quite a few of the big, in flower. The big salvias are either in flower or coming into flower. Yes. And, I mean, you know, they're fantastic for that reason. I've got, I've got a tequila, which is still in flower, and it is, I keep pulling it out because it's too big. It's, it, 
in a year it gets to, I don't know, 10 foot. That's Gestera flora or Gestera folia yes, or yes, something like that. Yes, yes, Gesner flora. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really, really, really red, pillar box red with black calyxes, so it's quite dramatic, but it's too big. And the birds uh, like it? Yes. Yeah. I find um, the small birds adore my salvias. Yeah. So, it, which is a good enough reason, and the bees, the bees are in them too, mm. which is fabulous. And and then I've got all these, so that red is there, and I pull it out, and it still comes back. I can't get rid of it, which I suppose I should be pleased about. And then I've got a whole lot of pink ones that are out. Pink icicles has just finished, and it's a really pale pink, a really soft pale pink with a quite a big flower for um, uh, for salvias. It's another big one. They're all big, in fact. None of them are when, under... When you say big, two to three metres? or um, Five foot on. Yep, OK. I, I, I prune most of them quite severely because they'll do that in a year. I when mean, do you do that? After flowering. After flowering, I, yeah. I tend always to prune after flowering. Like, I'm just about to prune my Montanoa. It grows 20 foot in a year. <laughs> so it has to come down. Um, but the... Uh, I have got some of them I've decided to let go and become um, sort of small bushy trees right? because they uh, screen out next door. Uh, but I've got sort of Involucrata, Kowinskii, Timboon. They're all coming up at the moment. They're all quite big flowers and they're all uh, – and there's a very strong predominance of pink. Mm. pink. A lot of pink in the garden at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're really lovely. They're really lovely. I think – you can't underestimate the value of a good salvia. Of the winter flowers. Of the winter flowers, mm. yeah. yes. How yes. brittle are the stems on these bigger ones? Because the birds tend to, they swing on them and then they break <laughs> all the stems. And I go out and see all these broken stems on some of mine and that uh, makes me nuts. I, most of these are actually bouncing. I have got more the smaller the smaller birds amongst them, which mm. when I moved in, I didn't have any small birds, and I've got so many small birds now. It's just it, it's proof. You just have to put the habitat there for them. Oh, exactly. And they and they, as I said, they love these things. But um, no, I, one of my big tragedies last week was my, um, I, I lost things to the wind. Yeah, I really yes. lost things to the wind last. Well, week. I, I think everyone's going to find that yeah. with the weather we're having. Yeah, just. Over, which is really... The mm. salvias? No, and salvias have got through. No, the myoporum. I had a, a myoporum a tree. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. It, it, it flowers. It, it should be about to flower, and it flowers right along, along the branch, and it really looks like snow. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a native, and it's beautiful, and it's just... And it was probably 15 foot high. Gosh, and it's just gone over, right. just gone over, just snapped just beneath um, soil level. Mm. Very sad. Oh dear. And I had two, and the other one was had grown in a very peculiar fashion, and I thought, oh, well, I can safely take it out because You've got the I've other got one. the nice, tall, straight one. Not anymore. <laughs> it's gone to the burn pile. Oh, dear. So I'm sad about that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So tell us a bit more about this one in particular. Well, I think... Which one did we start? This one was... It's Iodantha. Yes, it? Iodantha. Yeah. And, and it's it's just coming out. And it's it's quite stunning because the bush is completely covered in it. It's a, it's a very... The, the flower is as long as my palm, as long as my hand, 
and it's a very purpley pink. So it's a really, really strong colour. And it's um and I've got two of them next to each other and, and it flowers from knee high to above my above my height. So there's a lot of flowers on it, yep. which makes it a really worthwhile plant. And it's a specific winter flower, isn't it's a, it? Yep. It yep. flowers now and then yep. it stops. But it's a very nice shrub, so I don't mind when it's not in flower. And you know, it's one of the joys of having a bigger garden. There's always something out, mm. which makes it quite exciting. Mm. I love the colour, though. That that really is. It's it's almost regal, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's the sort it's of colour that's... stunning. It's the bracts are almost burgundy, aren't yes. they? Yes. And then sort of deep pink flowers. Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. And such a such a long flower spike on it too. It's um, beautiful. And the other one that's come out in the garden is Timboon, which was one that Meg found somewhere, well, in Timboon, obviously. And it's another one that's absolutely beautiful in the same sort of way mm. at the moment. It's okay. a Kawinski hybrid, isn't hybrid, it? Hybrid, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. Fabulous. All right, let's go to our next caller, and we have uh, Jill in East Malvern. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Pam. How are you? We're well, thank you. Cold. Yes. Um, <laughs> I want to ask about my Daphne. Um, normally it has pink and white flowers, but this year, pure white. It's... Um, Gets, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's just oh, such it, a mystery. It, We're all silenced. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't didn't really give it any food because it's next to a red baronia, which is just starting to bud, and it'll be its fourth year flowering, which is exciting. That's excellent. And I've got a rosemary to the north of, of the Daphne and the and to the baronia, so I, that sort of shields it roots you know from uh the sun so anyway i think maybe i'll give it some slow release fertilizer and and cut off all the tips that have just finished flowering it's the best time to prune them now that's exactly what i was going to say now's the time to prune and i pruned my daphne by actually bringing it inside i find the longest um the you know the highest flower and cut it off well, it didn't. It didn't really have a perfume this year either. No. So anyway, that was a bit disappointing. So you've really spooked your. Sounds Daphne. like it's morphed into something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have everything is very crowded, but you know, then I don't have so many weeds. Absolutely. Yeah. And and what of course the japonic is absolutely brilliant at the moment, but the is the exciting thing is the Meliantis major is just coming up. Um, into flower, you know those. I things. love melianthus. Yeah, I so think they're beautiful. beautiful well, I things. had massive, massive blooms last year, but I'm I'm going to take. I did have done already when it was in leaf. Take the two tallest ones, cut them down, and give them to my church, and they just have that head with the one flower and the. You know, it fills one whole vase, so it's very easy to arrange. Right. <laughs> Do you prune your melianthus, Jill? Well, yes, I pruned most of it down, mm. but these two, and I'm going to donate them because in the end I don't have, it's too much watering, you know, to keep them green in the summer because they're on the front fence and they get both the north and the east, yeah. But if you don't water them, you'll, they'll survive and they'll come, but they mightn't look fantastic in February, but they'll come back nicely. 
Oh, yes, they've come back really well and they've actually self-seeded. Yes, I so found mine have been doing that now. I'm going to now, that's, that's my next job next week, is to pot a whole lot off and give them or sell them. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Thursday week, September the 6th, um, the Herb Society's meeting at Burnley in room 10, as usual, at 7.15. Um, and Amadi Townsend, who's... Uh, uh, professor at Deakin is coming to speak about how gardens and plants help people's health, physical and mental and emotional health. So that should be fascinating. And very, um, very true, I would say. No yes. place better to go when you're feeling a bit down than get into the garden. Well, it's my meditation, actually, and guess what? Not many people come to, to, to bother me when I'm in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks very much for that, and I'll, I'll let you know if the Daphne peaks up next year. <laughs> well, yes, we're curious. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Bye Jill. now. Bye. There, there are some absolutely wonderful new Daphnes coming around. They've been crossing them. Yeah. I, I've got one which is called something Silver Princess or something. Perfume, Perfume Princess. Princess. It's a hybrid between Odora and Beloa. It is fabulous. Yeah. It's got such a big flower. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. And well, Beluga can be quite a big shrub, so I, I don't know what Perfume Princess is going to do in that respect. But It's really very lovely. You've got quite a lot of Daphnes, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't put that one in yet, but I will. Mm, yes, yeah. Yeah. because I've bought some unusual Daphnes from you. Yeah, I haven't got any in the nursery at the moment, Have but you from not? time to time they come in. Yes, because yeah. I, I, I just think Daphnes, I've got them all over the garden, mm. and I've got quite a lot on my fest, west side as well yeah which again you know they shouldn't be surviving but they're surviving quite happily mm. um getting filtered light because of trees and just at the moment you walk around the garden there's just this smell all over That's the place right. it's wonderful the yeah. white one i think well for me anyway has the best perfume the white one is yeah. fantastic and i've got one in my garden in full flower at the moment yeah. and you walk anywhere near it and the perfume That's just right. wafts yeah and it sort of has a slight citrus yes Definitely, yeah. and I love it. I, yeah, I really same. adore it. Yeah. yeah, but I think they. How long do you think they live, Craig? Ten to fifteen. Ten years. to fifteen I years. Did, I hear it constantly in the nursery. My Daphne's not looking good, and my response to that is get rid of it and put another one in mm. because it's a long, slow decline and very depressing. <laughs> well, they yeah. used to be prone to a particular virus, didn't they? But I thought they'd tried to breed that out of um, of a lot of them. Yeah, I don't. I think they just think have the a plant, limited lifespan. The genus itself is yeah. just not long-lived. Particularly the Odoras. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And once, you, once the, the response is invariably the same when I ask people how old they are. It's mm. 10 to 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got one that must I put in when I first went there, so it must be heading to 15 years old, and it's beginning to look a bit manky. Yeah. I mean, you can get lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and have them live longer. But if, if they start showing signs of decline... Pull them out. Mm, time yeah. has come. Yeah, they're only going to go downhill. That's so, right. There's, yeah, no, there's no point in wasting that time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Craig, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of your plants. Arum, arum um, purpurospathum, which is one of the black arums. Wow, that is yeah. spectacular. It's fantastic. This is this flower is looking a bit sort of faded, but it's it's often mistaken with Palestinum, which is another purple one that pl- flowers in the spring. And purpurospathum is much earlier. Okay. So it will fl- it flowers now. It's just finishing up now. So it really goes from autumn into midwinter. Mm. 
and it's one of the black ones. And I'm a great fan of the Arums, as long as you don't get a weedy variety. You have to find the right nurseryman to advise to you ask. on that. Be- because of their summer dormancy. Right. So, you know, what hap- what's happening in the garden over summer is irrelevant because they're dormant. And as soon as you get the autumn rain, they surface. Mm. And they'll grow just about anywhere. Mm. You know, right up against the trunks of deciduous trees. Or Some of them do smell. Some of them smell. I, yeah. Mm. Well, they have to get pollinated. Yeah, mm. that's right. <laughs> they don't smell nice. <laughs> it's only for a couple of days. Mm. Yeah. No, I think they're lovely. I've got yeah. that one in my garden. I was just thinking of, um, I want to divide it this year. Yep. Is there anything complicated about dividing Not it? at all, except that they sulk for a little while. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You don't get flowers for a few years after you've divided them. That's, that's it. How big a leaf does that one get, Craig? Oh. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, quite big, but yep. it's not high. Okay. It would grow to 40, 40 50 centimetres, mm. I suppose. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah mine's knee high. I and it makes say. substantial clumps, yes. but it's never come up anywhere else. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's the test, isn't it? That's what the is test. the yeah. test? Yes. Yeah. Because um, on at the beginning of the um, Warburton Highway, there's one of the white lily, uh, white ones that has just got out, and it's right down the highway there. And oh, going, really? Oh, weed, weed, yeah, weed. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And and italicum, the one with the marbled leaf. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's a pity because it's such a beautiful thing, but it's it's, it's all a through my garden. Shame. Yes, I'm always yeah. digging it up and putting it in the bin. Yeah, there's not much point. Oh. Does it come back after you've I've, dug it up? Mm, I've, no, I've been getting it out. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Un- unlike some of the other things, like the yellow oxalis, which I and that I just have given up on. Yeah. It's just I cannot get rid of that, and yeah. how it got there I don't know, but it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think um, a lot of people I speak to have come to the same conclusion. We've just got to live with it. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think that's right. There's, mm. Then there's no point in disturbing it, is there? No, you're just going to spread it. Yeah. So yes, just just live with it. Mm. I mean, and I mean the ironic thing is, uh, if if it was in Britain, people would be absolutely thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We hate it because it's so prolific. But if uh, you know, in a in a colder climate, oh, it'd get nurtured. Which but, is well, look, it's a it's a very happy, bright yellow, and it is in the middle of winter. <laughs> Ever the optimist. I'm trying to look at the positive side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> very true. Yeah. And it comes out the same time as the wattle, so yeah. it all balances in. <laughs> Craig, talking about about what you would plant with what what would you plant near your black arum? I like to have it in spaces that are bare at this time of the year. Okay. So put it on top of um, Pepsi summer perennials or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that are going to come through. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly um, if you had it in, in the shade, you could use it with clivia and mm. and um, hellebores, things like that, mm. in the shade garden. Yeah. Mm. It'd look good with uh, with the clivias, wouldn't or it? Or white hellebores. Oh, yes. hellebores would look spectacular, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, let's see, we have uh, Anne in Oak Park online. Good morning, Anne. Oh, good morning, panel. Um, this morning I want to talk about uh, an old plum tree I've got in my backyard in the corner. It's dead. It's been dead for 20 years. It's gone black. Oh, how lovely. And I'd like to get someone to cut it down and cut it up and put it 
put the remains of the plum tree in the corner because, like, all that old fungusy stuff is good, as far as I know. You don't upset the balance of ecology or nature. And I'd like to know, um, would the stump be dead? And would it be easy to get out of the ground? If it's been dead for 20 years, oh, yes. it should be really easy to dig up. Yeah. Oh, right. So I could put another plum tree there, couldn't you I? You could, yeah. yes. And what plum trees would you advise for Oak Park? Don't know. It would depend on your taste in plums, I would say. I like the, um, the, the blood red plums. They're beautiful, but you don't see them very often anymore. You know the blood plums? Yes, yeah. yes. What do you call those? Satsuma. Satsuma, Satsuma yeah. Satsuma. And, and now's a good time to buy them because yeah. they're in all the nurseries. So you'd the buy moment. them bare-rooted now. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That, would be, oh. that would be an excellent choice, Anne. Yep. Okay, then. Well, thank you very much. Have a lovely week. Okay, you. you too. Bye. Bye. That number, if you'd like to join us this morning, 94190155 to speak to Virginia or Craig, or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, 94198377. Next plant, Craig. Australia Chatamatica. That's a good is, name. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a epiphyte from New Zealand. Oh, okay. That it has. Look, I have. I've had them in the nursery for years, and every now and again, I sell one to an adventurous customer, but. For structure in the shade, they are fantastic, yeah, and beautiful silver markings. And it brings me to another point that when you're looking at plants in the nursery and you read the label, you need to look at where the label's printed. <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen labels for Australia printed in the UK, right. which recommend that they've grown in full sun. Oh. Yeah, and it's just not the case in Australia. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, it's definitely a shade plant. So be wary of nursery labels, <laughs> be by to say. That's, yes. a, that's a New Zealander, isn't it's it? It's a New Zealander, and it makes massive clumps, and even in quite dry shade, um, and just has this sort of silver dusting over the back of the leaf. Mm. And it would get to 1.5 metres, I suppose, eventually. Okay. Yeah, so substantial clumps. Oh, yes. Yeah, and a wonderful tub plant, of course, being an epiphyte. Yes. Grows really well in pots. Where does it grow in New Zealand? Um, on cliffs, in trees, sometimes Actually, on the forest in, floor. In trees? In trees, yeah. So it's an epiphyte, epiphyte. It's an epiphyte, <laughs> yeah. And look, sometimes you see them on the forest floor. Right. Yeah. Because it is, it is a lovely leaf. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I remember trying yeah. to grow it when I first came back from Britain and I planted it in the sun, and needless to say... You read the label. No, I, <laughs> I knew it from England. Yeah. And... I hadn't I hadn't sort of readjusted enough and planted it in the sun so yeah. it didn't no, it would have cooked. Didn't yes. last very long. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. It's it's something that you have to be really careful of with plant labels. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. And I think you you I think what you have to do is look a plant up and see where it grows naturally. That's right. That's the only way that really That gives you the clue. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you know, with Wikipedia it's so easy nowadays. You know, you don't have to have an extensive library and you can just look it up and if it tells you that it grows, you know, in a forest, it grows in a forest. And it doesn't matter what the label says, it grows in a forest, it needs shade. Yeah. 
And it just seems to me the best way. I always do that now, just check before I plant. If, if, if listeners wanted to plant that actually on a tree, would you mount it on a board? How would you go about actually getting it to, to take? Uh, you see them growing in the forks of trees. Right. So, yeah, so I think perhaps... A little bit of soil somehow? Or, 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 how would you... or in a wire basket with, oh, with right. some um, spag or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, yes, Or some just leaf litter. That, yes. That's how I'd do it, I think. Okay. Yeah. Would but, look spectacular. Yeah, oh, they, they, they get enormous mm. in the trees and the forests in New Zealand. Absolutely enormous. Well, um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a different alternative from a staghorn or that's something. That's right. Yeah. 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 Wow. But their water need? Would, would be like a stag. Yeah, so not that I much. I mean, they wouldn't be super thirsty. I mean, normal amount. Yeah. Mm. The, the, New Zealand has that dry. or in the north where I come from has that dry period at the end of summer where they don't get a lot of rain for you know six or eight weeks. Okay. So, which is what we did brilliantly this year. <laughs> it <laughs> yes. was such a hideously dry autumn. Well, even it was. the beginning of winter mm. yes, was scary. Very dry. Yeah. Mm. Now we're making up for it. Thank yes. goodness. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. If we just didn't have the wind, it's the wind that's drying it's everything been out. Being relentless, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I've never known such a windy time. Yeah. Well, we're getting the spring winds early because we always get wind in spring, but it's really well now they're now they're predicting that we're going to have a fairly dry spring. Mm. So we'll wait and see. But yeah. um, well, see, last last winter, I mean last um, summer. It was still raining sporadically in January. That's right. Which, you know, sometimes we just don't get. Yeah. So it's very hard. Oh, yellow oxalis. Somebody's <laughs> rung up about yellow oxalis. Okay. We'll the go bane to, of my life. <laughs> we'll go to uh, Helen in Ascot Vale. Good morning, Helen. Yeah, very briefly. Um, I'm, I know this is weird, but I'm so heartened by what you said because it's just got away from me in a difficult <laughs> spot between pavers and I've haven't been able to weed there for four months and I'm um, not sure that I can manage to keep it go, um, get rid of it. We, it's overpowered dichondra in the middle of winter. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of other things. But I'd have to keep it out of the beds. And would you cut the flowers off? If you... Yes. Yes, stop okay. it going to seed. Okay. Yeah. And we're talking about the one with a little tiny leaf? There's two and uh-huh. it doesn't make any difference which one it is or well, there might even be three but you know uh-huh. yellow oxalis is yellow oxalis it's going yeah. to spread and spread and spread and it's going to take over the world and mm. we just I think I think it's really good to try and weaken the bulb so I as I go past I just rip the leaves off as well. But Cut it so that you don't yeah. disturb the root I, so I, I know I know People, Karen Sutherland, for instance, is, is experimenting in her garden mm-hmm. by actually constantly trimming it, yeah. but not actually trying to pull it out. Yeah. And okay. she's seeing if she can control it in that way. So that's worth a try. This particular one doesn't have a bulb like the one with the bigger leaf. <clears throat> it's just got a little rooted sort of uh, very quick and invasive root. Mm. Is that the, the, the plant with a um, the dark purple leaf? No, no, not that ornamental one, so-called. <laughs> my mother planted that at Gisborne. She regretted it bitterly, yeah. But it, um, it did a bit too well there, too. Mm. No, there's a, there's <laughs> Anyhow, a, there's a, there's a weed with a, a, pur- a purplish leaf and a yellow flower that looks a bit like oxalis, very deep-rooted. Not oxalis at all. 
I don't think it is. Okay, okay. So it you didn't get identified up there. It was just handed on from someone else. But okay. It might have come in your pots of dichondrites. Well, perhaps I should get this identified, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's just oxalis. But anyhow, I'm sort of debating whether to do the right thing and get rid of it all. But uh, you won't. I don't want to put on. The Helen, zero. you won't get rid of it. <laughs> Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get yourself in a twist about it because mm. you won't. If it is oxalis, you won't get rid of it. The best thing is to weaken the plant by continually taking off and definitely take off the flowers. Yes. yes. And take off the leaves when you can, just to weaken the plant. Because if it can't, yes. if it, it it needs its leaves to keep feeding itself. So Either if you that just or weaken enjoy it. it. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or leave it alone and enjoy it. Yeah. Or just keep it within boundaries. Bounds. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I yeah. might just sort of shear it down fairly yes. low. Yes. And maybe the summer will take care of it. Well, it'll disappear. It's yeah. only now that it's a problem. It will disappear. Yeah, it's a winter, winter flower. Winter flower that will disappear mm, yeah. over the summer and your dichondra will, will dominate again. As long as I don't let it seed, that's it. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, I've listened to you all the time and it's all helpful. But I have got other plants here, but that's the one I'm struggling with at the moment. Thanks very much. Okay, Okay, then. That's fine. Bye. Bye. Yes, it'll be interesting to see whether just taking the leaves off all the time will just weaken it. Yeah. It makes sense that it should weaken it, but... um, and one of the other listeners is just saying that they've re- they're going to try and get rid of it by really fertilising it, by giving it much too I've much. I've heard that too. Yes. Yeah, I've never tried it, so I wouldn't comment on it. But mm. No, I, have, I haven't tried it, said, it either, but yeah. yes. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, my soil is quite rich anyway, um, you know, because I'm on that volcanic red soil. That's right. Yeah. So, and so it's very rich for everything, and the oxalis loves it. There's yeah. absolutely no question. Mm. It adores it. So I, it'll be interesting. I hope she... be very interesting, yes. I, I hope that listener gives us a, a progress report, report. But On the feeding. On the feeding. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'd yeah. love to know if that works, but I, I personally have my doubts. Yes. But yes. anyway. I've got an oxalis in my bottom paddock, and it doesn't spread, and it, it it's just there, and it has a bright pink flower it's really pretty and it just sits there in the bottom paddock it, oh it, that's one of the purpureas I yes, think. yes, yeah. yes. absolutely it's, it has you see them coming up in people's lawns yeah. and they just sit there they never spread yeah and really bright really bright yeah. almost mm. iridescent pink hot, hot pink, pink. Mm. yeah that's yes right. yeah and yes. they're they're gorgeous yeah it'd be perfect under one of these salvias it would be <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely Dig it up and try and transplant it. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, I'd be careful of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite. Yeah. It'd be worth getting it out of the paddock. Yeah. Because it certainly doesn't belong there. No, no, no. Oh yeah. well. The other thing that's popped up in my paddock, which I'm really panicking about, is datura. Right. Oh yes. The datura, the up one, not not the brugmansia, the hanging, hanging one. Yeah. The up one. It's just there's a bit of the paddock where it's been. Um, Disturbed, right? And it's just covered in in datura. Really? How did that get there? God only knows. It can only I've got it in the garden, so it's blown from into there, and it's got it's got a horrible seed head, really, really, really prickly seed head. Oh. Um, 
which is most unpleasant. So I've, I've got to get it out. I must go down and have another look. I've, you know, I've, I've really got to treat that area and get rid of it. It's a nasty, horrible thing to have happened. Is that going to be poisonous for cattle? And I don't think they'll eat it. I've only got. I ho- hope not. I've only got horses in there. Yeah, well, I hope they don't touch mm, it. Mm. Mm. I'd be a bit concerned about that. I'm generally concerned. Yes. It so doesn't belong there. Yes. Mm. Okay. I'm looking at that little plant right in front of you, Virginia. Let's have a chat. That is my Corozema. It's another Australian native. It comes from Western Australia, the southwest of Western Australia, and it is it is pink and orange, so it is just gorgeous. It's just this isn't a particularly good example because it's um just coming into flower. It's uh. It's, it's a pea, isn't it? It's a pea. Yes. Yeah. It's a pea and it scrambles. Yeah. It's, um, it's best if it's got other things around it because it's a bit lax in its habit. But it's a really beautiful flower because it is that, I mean, pink and orange are an unusual combination. Mm. And I've very much got into orange in my latter years. And I love orange and purple or orange and pink together mm. as long as you don't have too many other colours around yes, it. You yes. know, it needs to be contained. But it's a really, really, really pretty thing. And if you go to places like Karanga at the moment, you will find it coming into flower. And it's, it's. I find it quite easy to grow. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to struggle. It's got through various summers. Yeah, wood was West Australian. Yes. Yeah. Because you, the the problem usually with the, some of the Western Australians is they get too wet. They're That's unhappy. Right. But yeah. I, and I, of course, I'm on top of the hill, so my drainage is excellent. Yeah. But it's a very happy plant, and it just sits there, um, looking beautiful. When you say it's a it's a scrambler, do you try and encourage it up a plant or across as a ground cover? How do you well, it actually does, deal it, with it? I, uh, me, lazy. I just let it you go. Just let it do its thing. Yes, and so then, you plant it in a shrubbery and let it scramble. Yeah, through just them. just let it go. I I, sh- I think it would be better if I pruned it more. I'm going to prune it this year and just see what happens, um, because it 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 gets you know it it's, can get quite big. It's that one that it, it, it this particular plant it would be up to my hip now. Okay. So you know it can it, it needs to be pruned. I won't prune it before it's flowered, but um, it does need to be pruned. And I've never feed it. I very rarely water it. It just pops up. It just does its thing. Looks pretty. But it flowers on the new wood, so pruning should. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. I I have got so much pruning that I don't. If I if I can't, I've been through and I've pruned all my salvias. I've pruned so many things. You know. My uh, my burn pile's huge. My compost is full. I've gone prune, prune, prune. So when I come to something like that and I don't want to prune it now because it's about to flower and then it gets left, yeah. which is what's happened. But this year I will go back to it and I'll give it a prune because mm. it'll tidy it up a bit. Mm. But it's such a pretty flower. And as I say, if you go to places like Karanga, you'll see it on sale now because it is coming into flower. Yeah. And it's 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 worth putting in the garden. It yep. really is. Excellent. Okay, oh, we've got a few callers to get through. So uh, let's firstly go to Barbara, who's in Edith Vale. Good morning, Barbara. Oh, good morning. Um, first, I've heard in the meantime, what was the name of the epiphyte that Craig was just talking about? Astelia. Oh, yes, that'll do. Yep. Good. Now, I really rang to ask Virginia in particular 
It's like Francis, Virginia. I love them, but I find them quite hard to get unless you see one over a fence and break a bit off. That's well, easy, but they're well, the ordinary ones. Um, no, you're quite right. You don't. You see the Mona Lavender around a lot. Yes. which is a cross that I think they developed in South Africa. Plectranthus is an interesting plant. They come from South Africa and Australia, which suggests it's a Gondwana plant. There's yes. quite a lot of them here in Australia. There's a really beautiful one that comes from sort of up on the New South Wales uh, Queensland border. Argentia. Yeah, which no, 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 it's an it's another one, oh. and it's threatened because its uh, habitat is been threatened by... Oh, is that the one with the tiny, deep blue flower? Yes, it's yes, been threatened. Yeah, threatened that one. It's threatened by surfers, really. And, yes. Um, but it's, it's very easy well. It's very easy to propagate. All of them are easy to propagate. There's a lot of them in the botanic gardens. Um, I'm not a, really supposed to walk around there with my... Not with your secateurs. No, that's absolutely Definitely true. Not. You're not allowed to do that. And you, um, you can always come and take cuttings of some of mine if you wish Barbara because I've got quite a lot of them now there to. there's somewhere you can get some Craig's got some he's also a long way away but yeah. <laughs> you could visit oh, both of us it's a nice day's outing <laughs> not today not today no not no. today <laughs> <laughs> yes oh, and one thing that's always fascinated me I have heard you Craig in particular say you don't like the white eye because it's muddy Mine is the purest, purest, bright white. Well, that sounds good. Well, if you come to me, bring me a cutting of that, please. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Maybe there's um, something in the air and either fail that. There must be, yes. No. Because w- when it is a clean white, it is a beautiful. I, I think those Plectranthus Eclonii are, are lovely. Yeah. So if you get a good clean one, and there's a pink one, which is rather wonderful too. Yes, I'd like to see or have some of that. But um, well, I guess I will just have to take the long drive with my bag and my snips. (laughs) (laughs) Are you having an open garden soon, Virginia? I'm. I'm in this um, secret gardens of the Dandenongs, but I'm not having another open garden unless I haven't. um, I haven't been to the Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club unless they ask me to open. <laughs> but um, you're welcome just to come anyway. Oh, that's, that's a lovely offer. Thank you very much. <laughs> no and, problem. Uh, Wait for a nice I'll sunny day. Yes. Yeah. I will. Yes, I'll def- bring, and I'll bring you both a lovely white one. And there not in go. February. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very thank much. You. Okay, bye. Bye. Right, next up we're going to Mary in Sunshine. Good morning, Mary. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Virginia, can I ask you, I've got this Anthony Parker mm-hmm. Olvia at home, mm-hmm. and I normally prune it by now, but a girlfriend warned me that the frost might affect it. And I just In sunshine? Your advice. I just heard you yeah. say you've pruned all your salvias anyway. Yeah, uh, well, what I tend to do is I prune them to where I see growth. Right. Which mm-hmm. can be quite tedious because sometimes I then need to go back again. Yeah. The but safest time to prune salvias is in the spring when they start moving. Yes. Yeah, so do you think I should wait till early spring? I would, yeah. She's in sunshine. Right. You get frost and sunshine. Do you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected. Wait till spring. <laughs> I've pruned mine because I've got so many of the damn things. Pruned one and 
and uh, it looks okay. And then she warned me and she said, oh, look with the frost here. She said, be very careful. So I, I've got this lollipop, Sylvia and the Anthony Parker, and, um, you know, they, they look, you know, they've all finished flowering and they desperately need a prune. So well, Mary, when you think about it, it's, it you know, we're only talking about three weeks. Yeah. So uh, you might as well wait. I haven't because I, I have got so many that I can't... I, I'd be pruning the whole of September, September, you know, so I just try and... But what I what I do tend to do is prune to where I can see some growth. But that's what I normally do. Yes, and then so then if that gets hit, there's usually still growth underneath it to yes. come. But if yes. you wait till mid-spring, you can cut them right to the ground. Right to the ground, exactly. Yeah. Very, very much. And while I'm here, what about... Um, I've got a lemon tree. I don't want to give it a big prune, but I'm, it's getting too high... Um, in spring, can I just lop the top off? Absolutely. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Definitely. No problem at all. That with the bottle brush as well? Yep. Okay. And with the lemon tree, rem- um, prune it so you get the air through it. Right. You know, it likes to open bit- up the centre. Uh, yes, open up the centre a bit. Uh, it's very difficult. It's very dense now, and yeah. I'm not very good at pruning the lemon tree. Um, so how do I do that? Take out whole branches from the centre. <laughs> I'll try. Lemon trees, look, honestly, lemon trees respond to pruning so much. It'll, yeah. it'll be back up before you yeah. know it. The, yeah. other thing, the other thing to do is to actually prune it in summer, which means you won't get as much growth coming back. Right. And I've got a terrible problem, the brown rot problem on that tree. I think it's the Lisbon. I've got a Maya at the front, and uh, apart from the, uh, what do you call that, uh, moth that goes on the... The gall wasp. Yeah, the gall wasp. But, yeah, I've got it on both my Maya lemon, which is growing quite well, and I, I just keep an eye on the, the gall wasp. Yes, but well, it's time to prune that out now. That's got the brown rot, and I don't know how to control that. It seems to getting it's getting worse every year. I would say that if you take um, Pam's advice and open up the tree so you get some air circulation exactly. through the centre of it, that yep. would help a lot. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's just a matter of that. It's not a matter of... I don't like using chemicals or anything like no. that. No. Uh, so if I, I, w- just... I wouldn't be using chemicals. I, I, I think... I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm very, yep. you know... Try try opening up the tree and yeah. seeing if that solves your problem. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you very much for your help. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Good day. Right, let me see. Next up we have uh, Olive in Frankston. Good morning, Olive. Good morning. Uh, I heard you talking about the wind before. Yes. We've had a lot of wind here at Frankston, but there's been one good aspect of it. All the Indian miners have disappeared for the last two weeks. You right. lucky thing. And uh, all the native, the native birds are back, and I have a lovely blackbird uh, planting, a, starting her nest. Oh, great. And, uh, oh, the wattle birds are back, and the magpies are back. Or the magpies weren't very worried about them. But we had um, so many in the garden, and they just destroyed everything that mm. they could lay their hands on. Mm. So the wind has been wonderful for here, and I hope it's... I hope they've gone somewhere where somebody can do something about 
it's just lovely to go out in the garden and when you feed the magpies with oatmeal to find that every, all the native birds and everything are eating them. So. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's great news, Olive. Thank you for a wonderful program as usual. Oh, thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. And uh, next we have uh, Noni in North Warrandyte. Good morning, Noni. Good morning. Um, I'm just wondering if you've got any suggestions for getting rid of agapanthus that have gone wild. At the the spade. Sharp Dig spade. them out. Yeah. It'll be hard work, but it's the only way to get rid of them. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't cover them with plastic and no. mulch or anything. Sharp no. Sharp yeah. and, and one of the good uh, things about agapanthus is they're, they're not deep. They're not deep yeah. rooted. Yeah, so and they're quite yeah. soft. It's not. Yeah. It isn't that hard to get rid of them. Yeah. Okay, so I should do it while it's still damp. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Warrandyte's not a place to be digging in midsummer. No, it's not. <laughs> and what about um, onion weed? Oh, oh, you've so got to dig that out as well. And you've yeah, got to okay. get down to the bulb. Don't try yeah. and pull it out. You've actually got to loosen got the to, bulb. Yes. That's so you've got to get down battle. underneath it. Well, no, I was saying the other week, I've actually managed, I had quite a patch of it and I've actually managed to eradicate it. But you'll have to do it more than once. You'll have yeah. to have it several yeah, yeah, goes yeah. at doing it. But yeah. you will you will get there if you persevere. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. looks like you've got a bit of work ahead of you. I do. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, thanks. Bye. Now, Bye. I've got two things. Sue has texted me to say that Bushland have got Corazima for, for sale. Oh, right. So that's Bushland Nursery in Clegg Road in yes. Warrandyte. And the Friends of the Burnley Gardens have got Plectranthus for sale um, next Wednesday. Well, no, Wednesday the 29th. Wednesday the 29th. Which one's... Do they not? Uh, they've got the Eclonii alba, yep. and I suspect they'll have other ones as well, because as I say, they do have things that you don't find that easily. So you could ring Friends of the Burn- Burnley Gardens and ask them, or um, t- just Well, they've got up. the full plant list, they said, online on their website. Right. Fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah. So, so we can all have out. a little look. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because I got a really unusual salvia there. Last okay. time I went, yep. which I was really pleased about. I know not everybody in the world wants every unusual salvia, but I okay. see one that I've never heard of before. I have to have it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Now, we've had a, another query from the outside line. Emily from Richmond. Um, do we have any suggestions for what could be wrong with her gardenias? They've stopped growing for the past few years. They're dropping leaves, so they're not yellowing. Uh, she uses gardenia fertiliser and sea salt. She thinks watering drainage is okay and she thinks her pH is okay. Um, Craig, a huge thank you. It's You've a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I've dragged you in, um, I know, when you weren't expecting to be coming in, yeah. but I really appreciate That's it. That's fine. Hopefully the drive home won't be quite so <laughs> Quite <much>. as dramatic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I notice you're going to be back in the very end of September. That's right, So yeah. we can talk about all things um, spring, spring flowering, That's right. which would be wonderful. It's the season of glass, isn't it? Oh, it certainly yeah. is, yes, yeah. for most people. We really yeah. should concentrate on more winter flowering to... to Try and extend our flower and our colouring. I love the winter flowering garden. I think it's beautiful. I know Craig's garden's beautiful. My garden's beautiful Mm. at the moment. There's a lot of gardens Mm. looking good. Yeah. And the botanic at the moment has got some really lovely things out Mm. too. Yes. So it's so, and you're doing a walk, ten thirty this morning. I am. If anyone wants to join Virginia, 
Just meet at the uh, visitor centre. Visitor centre. Or sad, lonely. You've <laughs> <laughs> the garden on her own with uh, an look, umbrella. And, and <laughs> if no one comes, I will be back home very fast. Yeah. <laughs> and do go and visit Craig's um, nursery. He's open every day except Tuesdays. Yep. So just give out the address again, Craig. 138, Alinda Mombok Road and Alinda. Okay, wonderful. A big thank you to both Liz and Jan who've been handling all the calls this morning. We will, of course, be back again next Sunday at 7.30. So until then, bye for now.